And as you all know, Pastor Gary's my husband. <laughs> Last week we were gone because um, when I opened Rock House Ministries here in Rockford 22 years ago, then I opened Rock House 2 in DeMont, Indiana 20 years ago. It was their 20th anniversary, so naturally I needed to be there. And they had asked Gary to come and sing. And then they asked him to preach. It was a three-day revival. We, we made it, two of them. And he did it with all his heart. I mean, they, they, they just loved him. And on the way home, I could see something happen. He was exhausted. He, he used more than he had to give. And by the next morning, he didn't have the sight. He woke up that way. And the devil really attacks, but I'm not giving him no credit at all because God's bigger. God calls us to do things. He would give us all the ability to do it and the energy and the health to do it. And we know that Gary's called, and we know that God can continue healing. So we thank the Lord for that. So right now, I just want to take a moment. <clears throat> And um, say publicly, we thank Jay Lorette for coming last week and, and filling in time we were gone. Jay's great. He even had brought more people in. <laughs> Guests came in to, to listen to Jay. And so we thank him for that. But we also have a, another great um, person coming in. The last Sunday of this month, June 25th, I believe it is, June 26th. Jim Whitaker. Everybody knows him as Jimmy Jack Whitaker, founder of the Jimmy Jack Foundation in Oklahoma. And he will be with us again uh, in music and in word on the 26th of this month, so just a few weeks away. Next week, who knows what next Sunday is? Yes, I'm glad somebody does. Father's Day, yes. We will be having a slight celebration here to honor all of our fathers. So next Sunday is special, and the Sunday after that, then Jimmy Jack will be here with music and songs. So, so we're just appreciative how God brings people to us. I mean, he just brings people from all over the United States and all over the world, even Irish people come and stay here. And so we're very grateful for that. So you all have a bulletin, and in your bulletin you can read everything else. Uh, let's see when you... Guys, the teen group, Powerhouse, is having a picnic this Wednesday. Is that correct? This Wednesday, a picnic out back where you're grilling hamburgers and hot dogs. And All right. And they've always shared with everybody after the teens ate. So um, come, if you have a little bit of hunger, hang on. After the teens ate, we get to have some of it, too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, that works. Yeah, okay, okay. And then the men's breakfast is Saturday, right before Father's Day. Okay, men's breakfast. So this week is going to be a little busy with the picnic and then <laughs> men's breakfast. All right. Thank you, Lord, for the workers we have here. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. At this time, I want to take up offering and uh, ties. <clears throat> what song is it that you guys play? I can never remember that song. So let's grab our tithes and offerings. Let's hold them up to the Lord right now. And repeat after me. Thank you, Jesus, for the monies, the provision that you have given me. As I give back to you, Lord, may it be pressed down, shaken together, and rolleth over. To do your work in your name, Lord. Amen. Okay. Oh. 
so grateful those who have given those who have came and we love the smiling faces so let's just pray over this right now father god thank you thank you for this may it multiply be exceedingly over the bills that come in here be exceedingly over the things that is needed here lord jesus and we thank you lord for your provision always in your name we pray amen Rachel has a special this morning, and what's it entitled? It's called The Lost Get Found. Oh, I can't. You better hold that. It's called The, um, the Lost Get Found. It's by Britt Nicole. And uh, it was between this song and It's a Beautiful Day by Jamie Grace, but I didn't like the karaoke version of It's a Beautiful Day. Just background vocals were confusing. So here you go. Go ahead. Yes, please. I cannot find the black. Oh, duh. 
I've never seen it on the stand before. <laughs> I guess so. So it's time for Teresa to come up and do the five-minute mystery. Gabriel, can I see a smile? I know you can smile. Okay, I have in here something that it's kind of like, you know when mommy makes cookies and she has to have a recipe? Yeah. This, like this is like a recipe for people, instructions. What do you think it is, Gabriel? He says sugar. No, it's like a, it's a recipe for people to to guide us through life. Do they read it like every day, almost every day? Do they read it almost every day? Yes. Bible. Very good. Hey, look at that, and you smiled. You smiled when you said Bible. Okay, now I'm going to read you a scripture in here that is really good for us to keep in mind. And it's in 1 Timothy chapter 2. And it's actually titled Instructions for the Church. Do you know what the church is? Did you know the church is people? It's not a building. This may be called a church, but you know the church is made up of people, and that can be made anywhere. So as long as there's people of God gathered together, that's where the church is. It can be in your house if you wanted. But these are instructions for the church. And it says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. So we're supposed to pray for one another. That helps build each of us up. Ask God to help them and intercede on behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godly dignity, godliness and dignity. So that means we're supposed to pray for this president that we have, and he really needs it bad. This is good, and it pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. So if we pray for one another and ask God to help guide us through the Holy Spirit and what the truth is in life, we'll all be so much better. So if you have a friend, pray for him, okay? That's it. Thank you, Teresa. Thank you, kids. Now you can stand up and go with Miss Rebecca to Kids World. Thank you. Fine group of kids there. Thank you, thank you. Okay. Is everybody ready to hear a message of the Word of God today? A little louder? <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> Woohoo! We get to hear the word of God today. Boy, if this was a football game, it would be a lot. Woohoo! Get him, get him. Whatever football does or basketball. But <laughs> my son's into racing, so racing I know. Believe me, I know. 22 years on the racetrack on Saturday night. I would pray with the 3,000 people out there down in the circle of the racing, and when he retired a couple years ago, it was like Saturday night. I don't have to be somewhere and get up early Sunday morning. All right, you know, and believe me, they cheered. They knew how to cheer when their car was coming around the bend there, and, and they knew how to stand up and cheer and, and praise that driver when he got out of the car and he would pound on the top of it and hold his hand up and people be on their feet cheering. And we're in the house of God, and we're so 
quiet. This is not about a reserved type of ceremony I'm going to be talking about today. It's about what we had this morning when the rain was falling down. The power and purpose of Pentecost. You can find it through Acts 2. But let me set the stage here. <clears throat> Most Christians could not imagine having a year go by without Christmas. They cannot imagine having a year go by without Easter. Christmas, as Christians, we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Easter, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So it wouldn't seem, it wouldn't seem even right if we missed as Christians, the pageants we have at Christmas time and, and Easter time and, and looking at the cross and, and all the things that we sing, He is risen from the dead and all of that at Easter and away in the manger at Christmas. This is what we have as Christians. We look at these two holidays. But do you know our Christian faith has a third holiday that's just as important? All right. Someone knows that. So us Christians, that third holiday, that third event is called Pentecost Sunday. It was last Sunday, and it goes through this whole month. Has anyone heard of Pentecost Sunday? Just raise your hand. Okay. Does anyone know what Pentecost Sunday is? Okay. Many have heard, but only a few know. That's why God told me to do this. Because when we missed Pentecost Sunday last Sunday, I thought, oh, man, we missed it. But no, it's through the whole month. You know, Christmas, we start celebrating Christmas in October anymore. So we can certainly do Pentecost Sunday through the whole month of June. So turn with me to Acts 2. Acts 2. We're going to read. And, and this is familiar to a lot of you. However... We're going to really get deep into it. Acts 2, and we're going to start with verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they laid, where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and begun to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled, to, enabled them. Now there, was staying, now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are you all these men who are speaking Galileans? Okay, now we stop there and we're going to back up and say Pentecost Sunday, this Pentecost month, is the time to recognize the Holy Spirit's descending on the apostles. They gathered in this room in Jerusalem. Before Pentecost, these same people, these same apostles, these same men, were hiding from the public. They were hiding because they didn't want to be crucified like Jesus was. They didn't have the Holy Spirit boldness in them. After Pentecost, those frightened little men became suddenly, miraculously equipped and empowered to carry on ministry Jesus had begun. In the very city of Jerusalem, where Jesus had just been put to death, they went out from that upper room and started preaching the word of God. See, some people believe Pentecost is observing a certain church that's called Pentecostal. You know, Pentecostal movement didn't even come to the turn of the century when Azusa Street was happening. Pentecost happened 2,000 years ago, a long time ago. So they use that name inside a religion, which is perfectly fine, but then it gets a bad rap. And if you dare say, oh, I'm Pentecostal, oh, no, you got the snakes coming out and you're rolling on the floor. Uh, duh, get that out of your head. 
okay? Pentecost came. <laughs> you got it, James, huh? <laughs> yeah. Pentecost came with Jesus Christ going to heaven. Pentecost is no, no different than Baptists celebrating the Baptist day, okay? It's not Baptists that only celebrate baptism. We all celebrate baptism. It's not just the Pentecost who celebrate Pentecost. It's all of us who celebrate it. We're a body of Christ. You do, you know, let me explain to you, teach you something, what Pentecost means. It's got a bad rap, but Pentecost means, wait for it, 50. <laughs> the 50th day. We got that up there? Yeah. That is what Pentecost means. Pentecost means the 50th day. What happened was the Jews, Pentecost was a time when they celebrated the first harvest of the, of the year. It was time when they gave thanks to God for the land that had produced that year all the crop that came in, the 50th day. That's what Pentecost means. It's not all this stuff you get conjured up sometimes. But then remember this, what Pentecost does is Peter, the one who denied Jesus, the one that was scared to death, uh, just 53 days earlier than the upper room, 53 days earlier than the upper room, Peter, who was scared to death, said he didn't know who Jesus was. After the Holy Spirit came upon him, after the evidence of speaking in tongues, Peter goes out of that upper room and starts preaching and 3,000 people come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. 53 days. So if people who become Christians think, oh, I just, I just, I could never go tell anybody about God. Or I could never teach a class. Or I could don't worry about it. Because when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to be like Peter. All of a sudden, you're going to be bold and excited in the name of Jesus. And it's going to happen. Right? So you don't have to worry about all that stuff. You know, I, um, back in my younger years, before seminary and everything else took place in my life, I was always so shy, I would, really wouldn't say much. Sitting in the back seat would be my preference. And I was at this little church in Rochelle. It was called Open Bible. And it was out on a highway. I can't remember what highway that is now. And the choir, they had a choir, so I decided to sing in the choir. And I, I had um, recently got filled with the Holy Spirit, but I hadn't seen any evidence of anything. And they started singing a song. I don't remember what the song was. It could have been rained down. I don't know what the song was. And I felt it. I felt the boldness come on me. I felt the difference of being that shy Christian versus I have something to say. And I stepped out front of the choir as they're singing behind me. I grabbed the microphone and I started preaching a word saying that everybody needs to come down front. I don't care you're saved, you're not saved. You need to feel this. You need to receive this. And the pastor's looking at me like, what happened to Dola? <laughs> you know? And, and it was an evening service. And, and I mean, we were there praying and praying that night. And that week, the pastor calls me in the office, and he said, did I see a change in you? I said, I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. <laughs> and he said, don't ever be sorry. I know what happened, he said. You know, and he said, always, when you feel the Holy Spirit moving, step out, because I, I know that you would be within, you know, the, uh, the range of God. And that's what made me understand the difference. I had not seen it yet, but I seen it then. And that's what happens. So... When we look at Peter, Peter did not simply change his mind. Peter himself was changed. I didn't change my mind of what I wanted to do. I was changed because of the Holy Spirit. That's how Peter was. He was changed because of the Holy Spirit. Now, we, we don't have to go there, but Acts 17, 6, it talks about the other apostles received the fire from Jesus Christ in a degree that all of them, turned the world upside down. They all went out and started preaching. Before that, the only person who was speaking was Jesus. Before Pentecost, the only person that was out getting souls saved 
was Jesus. No, thanks. I'm good. Are we working? Okay. What? Oh, something came on your phone. Okay. Come on up, Jeff. I thought you were telling me to put on the other mic. I'm like, no, I'm good. This is Pastor Gary. <laughs> Tell everybody, thank you so much for praying for me, that I woke up this morning with hemorrhaging in both eyes and that the love eyes and that. Come here, Jeff. With hemorrhaging in my both eyes that had two spider webs floaters all over there, and I bet I have disappearing now and actually seen a little bit clearer. Thank you guys for praying for me. We understand together that the Lord is giving us victory and always causing us to triumph through Christ. Let her buddy know that I'm okay, please. Thank you. That was the best interruption ever. When you hear a praise report, and, and I got to tell you, and I, I've said this to everybody I know, my husband loves the Lord more than any man I've ever seen in my life. He praises the Lord no matter what is happening. He praises the Lord and sings song. Joanne was with us last night. I'm sure you can tell Gary sings praises to the Lord, and he doesn't let this get him down. And I cannot tell you other people would have been crushed and in a corner somewhere weeping, why, why, why? Not my husband, not your pastor. You have a strong, godly man as your pastor. Just needed to say that, okay? <laughs> yes, thank you, Cecil. I just couldn't tell the hand language there for a minute. <clears throat> let's go back to Peter, and let's put the PowerPoint up of what happened to them. So Peter simply changed, did not change his mind. Peter was changed because of the Holy Spirit. The ten apostles were changed because of the Pentecost Holy Spirit. And they went out and they simply turned the world upside down. So what happened to them and what needs to happen to every one of us that we call ourselves Christians, disciples of Jesus Christ, is what Pentecost is all about, and why I'm teaching today about Pentecost. It's about being baptized with the Holy Spirit that gives you the speaking in tongues, it gives you the boldness, it gives you the encouragement. Before Pentecost, Jesus was a long ranger out there doing everything. After Pentecost, all these men who walked with Jesus and sat there and just looked at him and didn't even bother to help, all of them become as powerful as Jesus did because Jesus is already in heaven. So now he gave that to each and every one of us why we can go out and we can preach the word of God, why we can go out and we can pray for others, why we can talk about Jesus Christ. Pentecost marks the outpouring of the Holy Spirit by which human beings are equipped to do the work of God. That's what Pentecost is. Let me repeat that. Pentecost marks... The outpouring of the Holy Spirit by which human beings are equipped to do the work of God. Whew. Wow. That's what it's all about. Consider this. If Christmas marks the birth of Jesus, Pentecost marks the birth of the church. If Easter marks the day when Jesus was was raised from the dead, Pentecost marks the day when the message about Jesus began to make its way to the people and places all over the world. The fact is that we fail to understand or observe this day. As Christian, this third holiday should be as important as Christmas and Easter is. We should celebrate it every year. We should get for look forward to it as it's coming up, you know? Turn to Acts 1, 6 and 8. Acts 1, 6 and 8. Go and read that real quick. 
So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to all ends of the earth. He didn't say, I'm going away and y'all going to take over. He said, but you will receive the power you need. We don't go out on our own. If a religion doesn't talk about Pentecost and doesn't believe in this type of Holy Spirit, they can still do a work for the Lord, but it's not going to have the power that we do believe in the day of Pentecost. It won't have the, uh, the ump. It won't have uh, all the degrees it takes to make things um, grow in the name of Jesus. They just don't have it. And sometimes that's why when you hear ministers doing terrible things and, and they've lost their way, they never received the full power. They did what they did in their mind. They did what they did with their heart. But you have to have that extra uh, energized power from the Holy Spirit to be able to go like, we talk about um, Franklin, uh, not Franklin Graham, Billy Graham. We talk about Billy Graham. Well, he was a good old Baptist boy, but he had the Holy Spirit. That's why he went so far. His son uh, Franklin has it too. And I've been in many Lutheran churches that, you know, you're quiet and you don't raise your hands, you don't do this. But I'll sit in the office and the pastors will have the speaking in tongues, and we'll say, come in, sister, come in, sit down, Let, let's pray, you know, but they just don't do it outwardly, which I think, if you don't do it outwardly, you're cheating your congregation, because every one of you have the same degree of the same power of the Holy Spirit that Pastor Gary and I have, every one of you do, okay, it, yeah, thank God, we're equal, <laughs> all the way across the border, so, these people are in Jerusalem when this is happening. And uh, he, he was not suggesting that spending three years in his presence was going to result, when we read this, was going to result in all of this. What he told the disciples instead to go wait for his power to come upon them. He told the disciples, you wait for the anointing. You wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Once they had that power, then they would be able to go out and be ready. But until that, the Lord told them to wait. Pentecost Sunday is a day we remember when and how the anointing took place. That's what Pentecost Sunday and this month is about. Why, they were, why were those apostles and all huddled in a room in Jerusalem? They were fearful. Jesus left them. That's all they had known is Jesus as their protector. And Jesus is telling them, go wait. Did they know what to look for? Heaven's no. They had no idea. We got a clue. We got the Bible. They didn't have that. They just had to believe that Jesus said, go up there and wait. So while they were huddled behind the locked doors, now imagine this. You're scared. It's like a big storm happening. Things start shaking. It's like being in a tornado or a hurricane. The windows were rattling. The shutters were rattling. All of a sudden, they're hearing the wind, and they're looking and looking because the rushing wind came. And they literally seen fire go up. And all of a sudden, languages that they did not know came out of their mouth. But the people next to them knew what language it was but they didn't know that person knew how to speak that language. And the next person came up with a different language, and that person knew because they could hear what they were saying, but they didn't know where that language is coming from. So the miracle was that people from every region was up there, and they all understood each other's language, but didn't understand what was coming out of their mouth. Are you getting this? Can you imagine? Whew. So we look at Easter, we look at Christmas, 
We need to look at Pentecost Sunday and understand miraculous things happen. On Pentecost, though all that change, you and I are called away from our roles as spectators and into the role of central characters in God's work of redemption and salvation. See, we are characters at Christmas time of sitting back and we spect we're looking at spectators at the pageants going on and remembering what happened. At Easter, we're spectators looking back. We're, we're looking at, oh, yeah, that's the cross where Jesus died. Oh, that's the song we sang, Arise, Arise. But when Pentecost Sunday came, that changed everything. Our roles now was as central characters. We are the central characters of people who go out and preach the gospel. We are the ones who lay hands on the sick and they get well. We are the ones that go out and teach and preach. We are now working in the whole part of Jesus Christ through God's redemption. He left this for us as we wait upon him. So, in the result, Pentecost is someone who doesn't just watch, but they're doing what God's called them to do completely and fully. Okay? So that is what Pentecost is all about. It is the day that Jesus officially transferred to his disciples, to you and I as Christians, the responsibility of spreading the message of salvation. So we know Pentecost means 50th. It was the time that Jews... Uh, was thanking the Lord for the harvest. And we know Pentecost is what was officially the transference of Jesus' uh, responsibility on earth to us to spread the message of salvation. Hallelujah. Isn't that what is? Okay. Whew. So we're no longer spectators. We are the ones doing the work. It is the one thing to watch while somebody else does all the work, but it's another thing when you're part in participating. That's why as teachers, you teach by writing something on the board so kids who learn visually can see it. And you talk it so kids who can hear can receive it. And you have a little um, object lesson for it all to come together. That's how teachers teach if they're good teachers, all three of them. So if you have a child that only hears or only can uh, respond by um, putting something together, they have all three of those. And that's what Jesus Christ himself was doing. He said, you've seen me. You've walked beside me. You've heard me. But now, but now you go to this upper room, and I'm going to give you the whole object lesson. There's the Holy Spirit. Boom. That's Pentecost Sunday a month. Those disciples were no longer a spectator. They were out there doing the work God called them to do. Hallelujah. So the purpose of Pentecost is to remind each and every one of us that Christ did die for our sins, and we were baptized and we have asked forgiveness for our sins, and there is something else that we need to do, and that is being baptized by the Holy Spirit so we can go do the work God has called us to do with all the power that God has for us to do. Amen. I have to watch that sometimes. I'm very loud. Okay, we remember when God created Adam, right, from the dust. So we have a body. God created Adam. We have a body. The body's laying there. But what happens when God breathed into Adam? He's alive. Okay? He's a living soul. We remember dry, the valley of dry bones in Ezekiel. But what happened when Ezekiel spoke to those bones? all the bones came together made the body okay the same thing is true with our church as christians no matter what our spiritual gifts may be teacher preacher whatever it is they will never function to their full capacity until we allow the holy spirit to blow over us that's why the 
mighty rushing wind was the sound that they were hearing. It's to blow over us and equip us for the service that God has for us. Turn to Acts 2. Just flip over to Acts 2. We're going to just read the last part of this. 36 through 42. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other disciples, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift. It is a gift. The gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for you all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he repleaded with them and said, save yourself from this corrupt generation. Those who accept this message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to the number that day. Peter spoke with the Holy Spirit in him. 3,000 were added to the day of salvation. That is why we have Pentecostal Sunday. That is why we know what Pentecost is. Now, one other thing I want to make a point of, that <clears throat> when they were in that upper room, it wasn't just the disciples. It was a Jewish holiday. So Jews returned to Jerusalem to celebrate in the Temple of Solomon. That is why there were so many people there from Africa, Asia, Europe, Egyptians, Greek, Romans, Persians. They were all sent to that one place in the temple. So these guys are up in the upper room. Holy Spirit comes. They go down. They're speaking in tongues, and these people are going, how did you know our language? How did you know our language? How did you know our language? God doesn't give you a bunch of mumbo-jumbo. He gives you a foreign language. That for, when you're speaking in tongues, that foreign language is words that belongs to some language you don't mentally know. That's why you know it comes from the Holy Spirit. And that's why they all were saying, what is this that we see? And they said, it's a gift. It's a gift the Lord had given us. So Pentecost is the day when all gender walls seem to fall down. And Pentecost receives the fulment that Joel prophesied, where he said, God will pour out his spirit on the all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Joel 2.28, even upon the manservants and the maidservants in those days will I pour out my spirit. Pentecost is the day when God tears down all the walls, all the divisions of all the church and all the different religion. It doesn't matter. You come together in one accord under God. We are a spirit-filled church here at General Shepherd. The name not so much tells it. <laughs> But we are a spirit-filled church. That is why tongues will come across. And people will have interpretation of tongues. That is why we lay hands on people. So they, that is why it's all under full gospel. It's all under a Pentecostal that came down. We believe in Acts 2 for this day and age. This place should be overflowing to want that gift. Because many places out there don't have that gift. And they're doing a chore. Because they think that's going to get them to heaven. And we, as Pentecostals, need to make sure that they understand what does get them to heaven. It's not a ritual. It's a relationship. So we know that sometimes the Pentecostal power can make us shout. <laughs> Make us stand up, clap our hands, make us run around. It's okay. If God hits you in a special way, you have the freedom to do that. So, in closing, Joanne, can you come up? I, I lost my other piano players. God provides. <laughs> um, this is our third greatest holiday as Christians to celebrate Pentecost. And I'm not even going to say what you need to do 
but I would suggest each and every person, no matter what giftings you have, come up front. Let me just pray over you. If you don't have the gifting, let's pray for that. If you have the gifting, let's, I'll just encourage you. But I think coming up front makes a motion to the Lord Jesus Christ that says, they want what I have for them, and it's called a gift.